Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Young Project Podcast. If you're new to the podcast or the project in general, my name is Tommy, and I am one of the co-hosts for this project. In this episode, you will hear a conversation between Nick Rude, the other co-host, and a friend of ours named Ben Omoa, who's from Canada. He's a pastor. In this episode, they will be discussing what community looks like amidst this pandemic. In this episode, you'll hear Ben discuss how things are all different. Churches, schools, even your dentist's office is trying to figure out how do we still stay a community when we have to stay distant. Nick and Ben will dive into this in a little bit, and it should be noted, as you'll hear them say, that I was supposed to be a part of this conversation. But alas, I did not wake up in time for the interview, and they went ahead and had it without me. During the interview, you'll hear a few times where Nick makes a a few jabs at me being not there. So just be prepared. I want to thank you guys for listening, and uh, we hope you enjoy. Quick side note before we begin, the audio on their conversation is a little bit distorted because they uh, videoed it over a phone call. Due to the nature of being in COVID, things are a little bit different. So we ask that you bear with us. You'll still be able to hear everything audibly. It's just a little bit different. Okay, enjoy. Yeah. So no, this is this is Tommy's not on right now. He was supposed to be. So we can just publicly shame him. I'll leave this in. You know, for the actual episode. That's okay. But uh, Ben, what's tell us your life story? Your you know tell us your your name, where you're from, where you grew up, what your dreams, oh, desires for the future are, and then we'll get into the real deal with the interview. You know. All right. Yeah. For sure. Uh, thanks a lot, Nick, for having me. And uh, I know Tommy's not here, but you can shout thank out to you Tommy. Too. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah, uh, thank you, Young Project. Um, yeah, man. Uh, my name is Ben Amoa, Benjamin Junior Amoa, um, and I am from Ottawa, Ontario. I grew up in Ottawa, Canada, and um, I was raised by my mom, uh, my mom and me and my older brother. We grew up together wow. in Ottawa, in an apartment building. Uh, my dad, actually, my mom and my dad, uh, when they migrated to Canada, they lived in Vancouver, in British Columbia for a bit. And then uh, with my brother, they moved to Guelph, and that's where I was born. And then we moved to Ottawa. And when I was in Ottawa, just about when I was five, my dad realized with his education, he had gotten his PhD in Canada. Um, and with his education, he realized that he would be more successful in Ghana, like working with higher education, going back there, he'd be able to rise up the ranks faster, etc. And so yeah. that's what he did. And so he left when I was about five years old and started living in Ghana after his mom passed away. And so he would send us videos every now and then of himself and like little cassettes. Like that's when we had like the cassette, he would record himself on the camcorder, put it onto the tape, send himself that, send us that video. And that's like, wow. that was pretty much my relationship with my dad for a long time wow. in my life. And uh, yeah, he started visiting less and less just cause he was busy. And so it was just the three of us, me, my mom, and my older brother, Kofi. Um, but you know, it was, that was tough for me, but I never really noticed that it was tough for me till later. Really? Um, I think like as a kid, I was just like, always just like, oh man, like my dad's away. Okay, this, like, this is reality. This is just reality. Like I never like, you know, like I just seem like, okay, I guess that's just my reality. Like, I, I, there's nothing I can do. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And so I just lived my day to day life and it never felt like a burden on me, but it was definitely affecting me in ways I didn't know. And so, um, but because I, of that split, my dad is not Adventist. Um, and so, you know, I remember the days when me and my brother, um, like this is when I was four years old and this is when I was like early five, sure. me and my brother would be like going to church. And sometimes we didn't want to go to church. And when my dad was around, we just say like, Oh dad, like, can we just stay with you? And he'd be like, yeah. My mom would be like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> right. My mom's a very conservative, uh, ride or die Adventist. Sure. She's trying to raise her boys Adventist while my dad's right. not. And he put on the TV, put on movies on Sabbath morning. And, uh, my mom was like thrashed. And so, but she committed to still bring us regardless. And, really? so I, and I remember like there'd be days when we'd come home from church, me and my bro are bad. Like we're trying to take advantage of the situation. And so we'd be like, yo, let's put on uh, like, she can't tell us no one dad's around. Like, you know, and so we try, <laughs> we go on the computer and start playing Warcraft, like number two made back in like the day, like a two day, two D game. And we'd just be playing wow. games on that. And like, we try our best. Um, and so that was it. But then when he left, me and my brother had to start getting mad, a lot more creative about our Adventism because my mom's a nurse. And so uh, <laughs> she'd be like going to sleep on Saturday and we'd be bored. Like me and my brother would be so bored. And so we're like, man, we got to do something. So what we would do is like close the curtains and like tell her like, hey, the sun went down already. So let's just do sundown service. And like, <laughs> it's like 4 p.m. or like 3 p.m. And she's sleeping ready to go to work at night. And so she like pray, and then we like, all right, let's go. We turn on the games. Turn on the games. So we, <laughs> we always thought like, as long as we close <laughs> Sabbath, no matter what time it was, we yeah. then we're all good, right? Let's just close it. Let's just close it, and then we're good. And so that wow. was our experience uh, growing up. But yeah, again, uh, because my dad left, I definitely see that God used that as a way for me to be, uh, become to learn Adventism. Because uh, if he was around, I don't think the commitment my mom had to bring us to church would have been effective. Yeah. Christianity might not have been as central to, to who you are today. If that not been the case. Interesting. Exactly. Exactly. And so that, 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 because she left, because he, when he left, it was like me and my mom, my brother, my mom bringing us to church every Sabbath and not just like bringing us to church for like a little bit, but like, man, we were the first ones at church, man. And it was tough. Like as a little kid being at church, it's you don't empty. want to be there for hours on end, right? No, man. We were there for hours, bro. Like, yeah. oh, man. And, like, we'd be there, um, like, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., no one's there, no youth, just the old, old elderly uh, adults that come through. And, yeah, like, yeah. They, they, they start singing hymns for, like, they'll sing hymns for, like, 30 minutes, like, just taking taking requests, like, all scattered in the sanctuary. It's so deadly. Um, Dude, and, like, wow. we had, I, I had to be at Sabbath school right after that, after being, like, in the pre-Sabbath school had to be in Sabbath school yeah. and like, and then like church service. And then my mom would stay for lunch. And then after lunch, we, she'd force us to stay for a Y Sabbath was like 7am to 7pm. Was then, that in like in, in the moment that could have been easily like the worst day of the week, right? Like worst. No, like hands down. That was my <laughs> breakfast day. And, and it wasn't like, and it's not like I look all the time. I'm like dragging my head. Like, I love, because I was social since I was a kid. So, sure. like, I love chopping up with my friends. Like, I'd see my friends at church. I was so excited. It was good. But then, like, there would be those dead moments where, like, after potluck, before AY, it's, like, three hours of nothing. And, like, yeah. we're sitting in a church classroom. And I'm like, man, 
That's just really boring. Dang, man, I want to take you know? a nap right now, but these pews don't look very comfortable. These pew, yeah, these pews, man, they're the only comfortable during the sermon. Like they're not serving comfortable any other time. Right? <laughs> and so that was like it was like those times. Uh, I and, and that kind of conflicted me. No yeah. lie, because I was like, man, like this is the day they usually talk about. Like this is a day of rest. But I felt so bored. I'm like, I don't know if rest and boredom uh, is the same thing. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, I was confused. I, I can I can definitely empathize with that a little bit. Like the idea that sometimes, we, yeah, Saturdays, by our faith traditions, like Holy Day, like it felt boring. Like yeah. you couldn't. It was a checklist of things you couldn't do, and then there was maybe like three things you could, and those three things were go to church, shut up, and go to church. You know, so it's like that's it. It's like there's not much. Uh, not all that exciting. What did yeah. you do? Uh, when did when did that start to shift for you, or has it shifted? I think well, it has in the few conversations I've had with you. But when did that when did that shift to becoming a bit more of an open worldview as to what the holy day, the day of rest, kind of looks like yeah. um, for yeah, you? Man, that's a good question. Um, well, you know what the thing is, we made the best of it when we were younger because sure. of the connections, because of the people. Um, it was the people that made Sabbath something I had something to look forward to in, in that day that I thought was a struggle. And so, like, man, some of my best friends, Benton Lowe, shout out to Benton Lowe, uh, Jer- the Grant brothers, Jeremy and Julian Grant. These are, like, some of my friends who went to church with me, and their parents were in the same routine. They, they were at church all day. And so we became super tight. Like, you're doing these, like, five, six kids that are, like, yeah. man, our parents are, for some reason, so committed to going to church all day. And so we became so close, right? And uh, what we started doing, we're like, you know, like we just got to make it fun and just like start talking about life, just start discussing stuff. And just, yeah. and then that, that transformed, that created a relationship. And then as I got older, right, what I realized is like, man, I look forward to Sabbath because of the people, spending time with people. There's something about Sabbath is a day that I know that people like that are Adventists that I was with are free. Mm. Right. Like no matter. And so, and like, and so it started becoming something like, I look forward to the community that I could experience. Not that was on put by the church, not like, no, not trying to disrespect the church, but it wasn't that I was put up by the church, but I knew that these people that I care about, this yeah, is a day yeah. that they're free all day. And so it started shifting to me that I look forward to Sabbath because I knew I was going to see some of my best friends, right. Some of the people I did dear to, cause like all we did was spend time together. And as I got older, um, we started creating it, like making it better because then Friday night we started doing like a young, like a young adult or like a, a men's, like kind of young men's group, like a chat group, like a discussion. Yeah. And so that became something that I was looking forward to because it was just like a bunch of guys getting vulnerable together. And then when that program ended, like us as friends, because we became a friend group, we just do it at my house or at someone's house and we just be ch- chilling. And so what we look forward to is just like, because like these became my close friends, Sure. Sabbath became something like when I was in high school that like, oh, I'm just hanging out with my friends. Like it wasn't even about the church. It wasn't about the sermon. It was just like, this is a day where I could spend full, like no bars, hell, no work, no school with some of my friends. Yeah. It's time to and socialize. So, it's time like, to socialize. Exactly. And I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. Like I started seeing that, like I was enjoying Sabbath purely because of socializing. And I don't know if that's bad or not, but like, that's like, it was good. Like, and we had good discussions, good conversation. But yeah, then I, I think got it's a beautiful sh- thing. You, you, you're preaching yeah. to the choir. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and, but it, it got shook up when I got to college because um, <laughs> when I was in my first year of university, I was still in Ottawa. Um, okay. and, I, and I was doing sciences. I was in, the, I was in human kinetics. And um, wow. while, I was, while I was in school, like that was when like, we had a system. Friday, like in the week, I'd be going to school, et cetera, et cetera. 
Friday night, we'd be at one of my boys' house, like one of my adventures, close friends, like some of these guys who were going to stand at my wedding. Like these are like my close friends. We'd be at one of their houses, be up to all night talking, like chatting about life, as talking about spiritual things, talking about just normal things. Go to ch- we'd sleep late at like 3 a.m., go to church, but and get there, you know, Sabbath school, we get there like halfway through Sabbath school. Um, but then we go to church, eat lunch at someone's house, and then we just chill and talk, and then in the evening we do something. And like that was it. And I was looking forward to that, and that was nice. Um, we didn't play games because we just spent time socializing. We didn't um, you know, like we didn't go out to eat on Friday night, but like it was still like not and it wasn't because of like something that we felt like we knew that we have we've grown up, all of us have grown up in conservative homes or parents with those type of values on what Sabbath meant, but we just did sure. it because like, we didn't need to go out because we were just chilling together. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I got to college. I went to Berman, went to CUC, uh, and I got shook because I got there. I'm like, man, I wonder what Sabbath is like. Right? Like, <laughs> what's Sabbath like? Like, man, okay, it's going to be a bunch of kids. Like, like, you know, it won't be, it'll be strange for me to get socializing with them, but at least, like, you know what? Like, I, I didn't have, I didn't bring a system. I didn't bring a gaming system. I didn't have anything. I'm like, yeah. well, like, I wonder what it's going to be like. So Sabbath came at CUC at Berman. And uh, I remember I went to my first Vespers, Friday night Vespers. And then after I went back to the dorm, you know, they had this thing called Afterglow, which is like a little service after the, the Vespers. They went sing to like that. After? Yeah, they sing. And then like someone yeah, kind yeah. of might share like a little devotion type thing. Um, I'm like, okay, it's cool. It's cool. But what happens after the programming? Went back to the dorm. And like, man, I seen people playing games and stuff. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what? Like, SDA school. I was like, and not that I was like judging. I was like, man, I'm like nervous that I haven't been in SDA school. And I don't know, like these kids, like I'm like, I know I live, I live mad secular, like in all my life, sure. not going to public school, going to Catholic school. And then I'm going to SDA school. I'm like, yo, these kids are going to be super like strict, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on? I get in there. I see people playing games. I see someone coming in with McDonald's. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Like, this is, I'm shocked, right? And like, I'm like, there's no way. Like, what's going on here? What does this mean? And I was really shocked. Saturday came, and then people were going out kind of like, some people didn't go to church. Somebody, I was yeah. like, whoa, right? And I was just like, and not that I was confused of what I should do, but then I started getting confused and trying to think about like, what is allowed, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I'm like you know, I'm just like I always felt like I wasn't doing it, like I didn't go out to eat and stuff because it wasn't allowed, and I wasn't like I didn't think it was bad if someone did it, but then like I just was like okay, well it's just not it's not allowed. Uh, but then when I saw at college, all these college students are doing that. Huh. These people raised in the SDA church. Some of these people, kids of pastors, people who went to SDA schooling all their life. I'm like, okay, well, man, like if they're doing it, like is this allowed? Like, not that they're sinners or anything. It's just like, oh, like, have I been just, like, always kind of closed-minded? Yeah. And so that started shifting for me uh, a lot more and more because, like, next thing I knew, like, well, I'm like, yeah, I'm in the dorm and I'm hungry. Like, there's no food. What am I doing? McDonald's, bro. <laughs> McDonald's run. <laughs> like, you know, Domino's opened up in Lacombe in, in around Berman. People were ordering Domino's. And Friday night was one of the Domino's busiest nights. Wow. And, and like, it's so funny. Even, like, and I realized that it became a lot of like, now the nitpicking of it all was a lot of legalism because some people were like, yo, you can't play sports. Cause I remember when I was a kid, so I'm kind of rambling here, but, um, no, don't I was worry. A kid, when I was a kid, one my cousins were singing at a church, uh-huh. uh, 
and they went to go play like they sang they like they were like called in as a group because they had like a little singing group and they were called into this church in toronto to go sing um but then after they sang there was like a basketball court remember uh-huh. they picked up a ball and they got in trouble like big time wow like i think an elder saw them and they all had to write apology letters to the church oh my gosh these kids that were singing Right. And I'm like, man, so there's a lot of nitpicking. I'm shaking my head. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I was shook. And I even remember like even growing up in my church when I was a kid, when I was a lot younger, if I was too bored of the sermon, we had a playground behind our church because we have a church school. Um, And if we were on there, whoa, these elders were running at us like, guys, get out, get out. We can't be, we can't even touch the playground. Going to hang on the monkey bars, anything like that. Right. So it was like really, and so I started thinking. I get a, things started changing because then when I came to Alberta, I saw on Sabbath, like I, to me, I was like, man, you can't touch any sports equipment. But then I see kids like throwing frisbees on Sabbath, or like going well, not playing a sport, but like throwing around a ball, or like yeah. man, sometimes they'd be like, oh, let's go play pickup basketball, and I'm like, on Sabbath, oh, I didn't even think that people did that because I grew up like if we even touch the ball, like you're getting in trouble, and so I was like, this is kind of different. And I started seeing that yet then, and then what confused me again, like, again, I, I'm going to get into my point is it's like, I was really confused because yet those people who were throwing balls and stuff, right? Like they were throwing balls, uh, passing around balls, playing sports, competing against each other, not like intensely, but like they were like run a game to an amount of points. Right. Sure. Um, yet they were like pretty strict about certain things like you can't go out and eat or they'd be strict about like other things of adventism or like, Hey, like, somewhat of a double like, standard. It's like a weird like thing. So I'm like, okay, clearly this is when it clicked to me. I'm like, clearly this is all traditional. <laughs> it's, it's like, this is not this is this is no this is not biblical anymore. Because if yeah. in Ontario we can't play ball, you know, but some people are free about other stuff. But then I come to Alberta, people are playing with sports, but they're strict about other stuff. I'm like, sure. this is not consistent. Yeah. And then when and then that's when it revealed to me as I got older in college, even like this is like in the last like four years is it just became something, Sabbath just became a time for me to find rest and connect with people, connect with God. Yeah. Um, and, and that's when it started shifting with me, for me, mainly when I was in college, because things change, right? And, and I've realized, I think, like, personally, I don't know if you ever experienced this, especially like, as us as pastors, um, like, I never do things that will um, cause people to, like, like, I don't want to shake up people. Because I know, I know where I stand, but I think, like, for some people's comfortability, it's best if I just, you know, I always adapt in a way that, like, not that I change myself, but, like, in a way that just respects people's culture, respects people's yeah, yeah, yeah. what they do, you know? And so, you know, like, man, I remember, like, not to expose, like, I'm, 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 not, I'm fine. I'm not scared of the request of me saying this. But, like, I remember <laughs> on, I, it was, like, last year when I was out here pastoring, one of my kids, they, like, invited me out to go on Sabbath to eat out with them. You know? And I'm like, yeah, like, I, I went with them. And I remember like in my head, I'm like, man, this is kind of dangerous. I don't know if any other members are going to see this. But I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Like, this is for the kids. Like, this is for the families. And I remember even when I baptized a kid, their family took me out to eat after I baptized them on Sabbath. Right? Wow. And I was like, you know, like, am I supposed to be like, I, that's time. I'm like, am I going to be like, no, 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 this is wrong. Yeah. Right? I'm like, this is the, I mean, the people are here. And so, the point. And, yeah. and so, and I realized, you know, I'm like, okay, hey, Sabbath, it's become something to me. Like if we look at what it is, like how it's made for man, um, Sabbath was a gift for us to find rest. If I'm not resting, and one of my teachers put it like this, one of my professors, she's like, we're only breaking the Sabbath if you do something that doesn't give you rest. And I think that's, that hit me, 
you know i'm like i think there are some things that i do that i don't that don't get rest like do on the sabbath sometimes as a pastor what i'm doing as a pastor doesn't give me rest on sabbath yeah. you know and so it's like we have to think about that and that's where it started shifting for me when i got older And that being like community amidst this this crisis that we're all going through, you know, alone, right? Alone together, that's the whole like hashtag or whatever. But like yeah. how is, for you, it sounds like the, what made Sabbath, what made this holy day special for you is the fact that there was community. You're talking about social time. You're talking about hanging out with friends as being these, these pillars of importance as to what makes that day special. How, what, what is that looking like for you now in your current context? And then how do you see um, the church changing? I mean, because you're doing something really cool, and I think maybe we could we should touch on that um, at one point too. But with your, it's like a, a Sabbath school or what some most mm-hmm. would know like a Sunday school, mm-hmm. um, but it's on YouTube. It's like an online YouTube Zoom recorded thing. Um, and I got to hang out with you a couple of weeks ago. That was super fun. Like, yeah. what, what? how do we see, you're, you're, you're innovating right now amidst the crisis, doing your best to create community um, but what what is what does community look like for you in in the current context of of this crisis? Yeah, that and it's really really that's a really good question. And uh, man, what is community when you can't be in person? Yeah, you yeah. know that that's what shook me, and that shook me a lot when the pandemic happened because I'm such a social person. Uh, I'm such a in person. One of my love languages is touch. I like being near people. Being Bro, like you're not gonna be able people. to use your love language till like you know. No more love language. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> it's done. Like I'm like, yeah. What happens when you're like, yeah, my love language being touch is gone. Like yeah. I I can't even interact with people. But what I realized is when it came back to me, uh, and I was reflecting on like, what is community? What does it come down to? It's intention and being genuine, right? Mm. Intentional time. Intentional yeah. time apart, uh, together. I mean, intentional time to come to come come together, uh, and I think that's when I was realized that I'm like, man, I got to figure out uh, how we can create things that are intentional still, um, not by routine, because like um, us being apart is so hard for us to feel like it's so easy for us to feel alone. Yeah, right? it's so easy for us to you know uh, just to be strapped to. I could be in my house for literally 24 hours. And it's, it's possible. And like, that's unheard of before this. Like, no one usually stays home for 24 hours yeah. straight. Right. But even on the porch, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah you, can't even, you can't even step out when they, when they first locked it up. Right. And so, um, man, what, what it meant was doing something like Atoma, doing something like, uh, uh, like I started a Vesper. So before um, the pandemic happened, I started doing a Vesper Friday night worship in my house. Yeah, um, and it was and it's been growing, and it was a blessing just to gather up with some of the people, some people I, I love hanging out with, some people I really care about. We'd be in my house, we chop it up, talk about, do a Bible study, eat together, right? And I was like, when that ended, I was really shook because I'm like, we can't eat together, we can't sit and see each other. What do we do? Um, and it was actually the encouragement of one of the people that comes, name is Khalid Khalid Duke. Shoutouts to Khalid. Uh, he was like. Man, he he has a he has a, a Twitch. He's a gamer, and he was just like, "Let's do it over Discord, like over like one of the streams." And I was like, "Wow!" You know, in my head at first, I was like, "Man, how can we use Discord? How can we do that?" But then that's what it connected with me because when he said that, 
And when we tried it out and I saw the amount of people that came, it was just that whole concept of we were intentional. We said like, hey, let's do something together. Let's just be intentional yeah. about this amount of time that we can come together. And then when we did that, and after that encouragement, I'm like, let's use Zoom. Then we started doing it, and then we started doing Friday Night Vespers over Zoom. And, I'm, and I realized that one of the biggest things is like, um, we need to show people that community doesn't stop when these things happen. We need to show people yeah. that we can't give up when these things happen. Um, and I think, especially as young people, um, it's encouraging for the younger people under us. Like, I want the younger people, the people younger than me, you know, to know that if, if things get worse, if they ever go through a hard time, you can still worship God. You can still gather. You can still innovate. Yeah. And so that's why, like, Atoma came up. Atoma, I'm like, man, it's something that we can do to encourage people, to show people that innovation is still needed, especially from Adventists. Innovation is still needed, especially during a uh, pandemic. You know, totally. we can't get comfy during those times. Uh, and I think like sometimes uh, we, I, I saw like a lot of people and like this true during the pandemic, you know, it's like, it's a time for us to slow down, a time for us to rest. And that's true. But I think, I think it was a time also for us to realize the things that we've been doing wrong Mm. Uh, the things that we've been doing at the wrong pace, focusing on the wrong things. Mm. And so in the slowing down, I realized the things that we needed to do, which was have a way for people to connect. Sabbath, like They can also just come as they are. Like The hardest thing about Sabbath school is like, man, I have to wake up early, then get dressed and then do all these steps. <laughs> Then I like to come early, like that's yeah. so rough, right? But then like, oh, why don't we have a Sabbath school in the morning and then people can just be in the pajamas, straight in their bed. Yeah. Right, something that they can do. And they can watch it at 3 p.m. if they so desire. At any time. And then like, so it's like, it's not just about, but it's just about like us being intentional, providing those outlets for people. Sure, yeah. And so, um, yeah, what community looks like now is just being intentional about time, giving people a way to be intentional. I think that's what, uh, that's what I've been trying to do through the Friday night Vespers that I, I, I do uh, with a bunch of people out here in BC and um, through Atoma when we do that, giving people amount of time so that they can be intentional, that they know that we're being intentional for them. Yeah. And that's, and that's what all community is intention. And so when it's not in person, it's like, how do you, how do you have a long distance relationship? Right. Um, me and my Bro, fiance have been long distance. So long with my wife. We was like almost two years of dating. Bro. No, that's it. And no, and and that's exactly it. Cause you ask like how like that my love language is gonna be gone for the next two years. Yeah. And it's true. Uh me and my fiance, we've been long distance for uh since yeah, for almost two years now. We're getting oh. married in in a few months here. But yeah, it's congrats, like congrats, by the way. We can do a little oh. plug, you know, a little clap. <laughs> yeah. Congrats, congrats. I wish I could sing a neat song of, you know, like <laughs> about flowers and love, but I don't know any off the top of my head. That's all good, bro. Thank you. Uh, but, and exactly, how did we continue loving each other and and still growing together mm. while we were apart? Yeah. Right, that doesn't have to stop. Can you imagine if when you're long distance, it's over? <laughs> that's, that's the, <laughs> like, I'll just see you in a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, it. And that's, that's, I think that's, that's a brilliant point. And I, haven't, I hadn't thought of it that way because for me, in the long distance relationship, obviously she was very important to me. And so I was fairly intentional and you keep using that word, but fairly intentional about trying to make sure that we had time to connect and we had time to communicate. And I think it's the exact same thing then when it comes to church and trying to create community around 
um, you know, various religious identities, right? Depending on who cares what type of religion you may be a part of, or if you're anti-religious at all. I mean, yeah, being intentional about creating that community is, I guess, in a sense, what still is going to keep those relationships alive. Exactly. Exactly. And like, and then, and that's why like being intentional and then innovative because all yeah. of a sudden now my love language is touch, man, I can't like touch Calmini. That's going to be my fiance. I can't touch her. I can't like hug her or anything. So now I have to be yeah. innovative. I got to find ways to do stuff that's like cute or do things, you know, send gifts, find those ways. And that's where it comes in. Right. We have to think about the same way yeah. with the church. Now we're different. Now we're part. We still got to get, we got to get creative. We got to start thinking of ways to be intentional, to meet people, to reach them, even though we're apart. How do you think the virus will change the way that we're intentional about church in the future? Because again, community, like you're saying, yeah, it's probably easiest when we're face-to-face, when we can you know, touch each other, as it were. Um, but we're seeing right now that it doesn't have to exist in that way. And because people like you are innovating, I think that the church will change. The trajectory of how we do things yeah. Um, will change in the future. And it, yeah, maybe we will have more people showing up for, you know, <laughs> morning services in their PJs because they yeah. can. Uh, yeah. Not that they weren't able to before, but it's like, you know, maybe it'll be seen as a bit more normal. Yeah. What, what do you see as, yeah, what do you see as maybe the future of what church looks like after this is all over? So not, yeah. not just next month when we're still a little, you know, wary of everything, but in a year or two, like, what do you see as being, what are you seeing as being different and changed because of what's going on right now? Yeah, the mass, I think the number of small groups will explode. I really? think that's I think that's a necessity because what we're realizing is um the Sabbath production, even the Sunday church production, has become kind of uh almost I don't want to say useless, but it's like not as sure. necessary. You know, the Sabbath the Sabbath production is not as necessary because and this is why I say it's not necessary because if we're apart mm-hmm. right now, right? And even say uh, my home preacher uh, who, you know, I've been listening to for years. Say like I've been going to church for a long time. Yeah. My home preacher, my home pastor, my head pastor is preaching a sermon. If I'm just like now getting a little bit bored of a sermon, the reality is I can just pause it or I can press X and open up a new one. Yeah, Anything. I yeah. can click anything now. Right. And so the amount of like, like, so the either you have to really compete and now bring the highest quality of sermon that's like ever. Right. Or else why is someone going to really spend time looking to listen to you? Just to think about trying to produce. You have to, you have to produce now the highest quality every week. You can't ever come lacking in a sermon. Or that means now you have to focus on everything else before Saturday. Hmm. Um, Hmm. And I think like, because of that, right. Like, it doesn't become small groups. Like if you do Zoom calls, right? If it gets beyond like 30 people, it's not really as uh, connected, it's not as intimate, right? So that yeah. means you're going to have to produce more people leading small groups or like small Zoom chats, et cetera. And, and, there, and it's a blessing to have a few people come and like you're together and you see that. Like we've always known the power of small groups. We've always yeah, known yeah. it, but we haven't been intentional about it, right? And now we have to be because realistically, you're not doing a Zoom chat with like 60 people and then like really talking. And so you're going to have to make it smaller. You're going to have to make it smaller and we're going to have to connect that way because Saturday, what happens on Saturday isn't necessarily enough because, and this, and this is the reality. Um, we, cause we haven't gone through any crisis for so long. I think people 
uh, have their, their life crisis, right? But like we've been able to kind of, I guess, put a lid on our own life crisis and then be like, okay, Saturday is the day that I'll come and like get refreshed. But because mm-hmm. of how bad things are, you can't wait till Saturday to get refreshed, right? You can't yeah. wait till Saturday to get refreshed. You can't wait for uh, the sermon to get refreshed. And so because of that, I think small groups will blow up. I think small groups will blow up. And then also, I think there's going to be a huge growth in youth innovation, young adult innovation, because um, we've seen how, especially with the technology that's needed now, um, it's young adults and it's youth that have been able to adapt the most. Sure. Yeah. And I think, and because like uh, young adults and, and teens have been neglected so much in, in churches because like, you know, like they don't know the system. They don't know uh, the history of the church. They don't know um, the way the tradition is. Right. But now we've realized tradition has not prepared us for crisis. And so because of that, um, the church is going to have to adapt with one. I think small groups are going to become a grow and young people will have to step up way more because it's the, in the, it's in what the young people use all the time. That's continuing during the crisis. Yeah. Things like yeah. zoom, things like TikTok, things like Instagram. These are the avenues that even though the pandemic happened, they kept going. Right. And so this is what's huge podcasts continue going when pandemic yeah. happened. Right. And so it's things that we relied on as a tradition, like sermons, Sabbath services that are gone. But the things that continue are the things that young people have been doing. That we've been doing for the last X amount of years. No, you're totally right. That's, that's interesting. And I hadn't, I hadn't um, thought about that as, as, as being the a potential to have youth and young adults really, I don't know, weighing in then maybe they all of a sudden gaining leverage because of their, um, their ability to, to, to produce something that's, the, the older generations just quite frankly can't uh, yeah. by and large. So yeah. yeah, I never, I never thought of that. So there's, I think you're, you could be totally right that there is an incredible buy-in because of that. The thing that I would worry though, is that the older generation clamps down and says, uh, no, we're going to go back just to the, exactly the way it was. And what yeah. that does is that that pushes um, far too many of the young folks that we would hope would be again, attracted because of their, you know, ability to do something. They're actually able to do something productive for the, the greater good and push them away because, you know, there's no need. Yeah. They don't want them. I don't know. That would, that would, that, that worries my heart. No, I think, I think you're right. It could go either way. You know, uh, Nick, you're not far off on that. It can either be young people get leverage or it goes right back to the system. And if it goes right back to yeah. the system, we're going to have a pretty big schism uh, people splitting off because it's like, you know, like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, hoping for a different results. You know, again, expecting the same results. Yeah, yeah. So expecting something different is going to happen, even though you're doing the exact same actions. And yeah. if we've seen, and like I think, uh, man, I was listening to Rob Bell, um, Rob huh? Bell's podcast, and it's like this is latest. His latest, his latest release is called Apocalyptic Hope. And mm-hmm. he talks about how we feel like the world right now, we feel like we're in an apocalypse. Man, so many adventures have talked to me about the end times, the end days, and uh, trying to figure out like, if this is a seal, one of the seals are open, or the know, ages bro. have released stuff. And, um, you know, um, I think, you know, we're, this is like the beginning. Like, we're, not, we're not in the end. There's so much more 
that as people who believe are supposed to do, then I, I then that like that that hasn't happened. That's what I think. But that's mm-hmm. a little side. That's a different story. Um, but um, and he was talking about the word apocalypse and how somehow for some reason in this century, uh, when we talk about apocalypse, we always make it seem like it's the end. And that's called obviously through cinema, you know, media. When they say apocalypse, sure. it's like the end of time. Like that's it's over. But yeah. like we know, which is interesting in the Greek of where apocalypse comes from, that word apocalypse means revelation. Mm-hmm. Right? It means revealing. That's what the, the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, is actually uh the title is the revealing. It is is the is apocalypse yeah. actually. The right? revealing of Jesus Christ. Yeah. The revealing of Jesus. Um, and I think like uh, he said it like this, and I, I've been really thinking about it for our church or for my circle or for what I have influence over. What has this yeah. revealed? Like, I think that, yes, it's the apocalypse, but not the apocalypse as in the end, like, oh man, fire and brimstone. But like, I think it's the apocalypse is in, this has been a revealing. The pandemic has revealed mm-hmm. a lot. The pandemic yeah. has revealed how maybe we've been behind or we've been focused on the wrong things. The pandemic mm-hmm. has revealed that um, we've been kind of neglecting people or neglecting growth in areas that we needed to be growing in so that we could be prepared for something like this. But also in this time, then we have a choice to reveal something else that like as young people, uh, we can do things to impact others, to impact the church, to impact young Christians, other Christians ourselves. That's why I think like stuff that we do, like the young project, the Oracle, um, other people like, Caleb Eisel, things that he's doing, people are, but a lot of people are doing in Oregon. Like these guys are showing a lot of stuff that like uh, they're revealing, you know, they're having their own apocalypse, we're having our own apocalypse and revealing that even in times of hardness, we don't stop, Mm. you know? And so I think like this is, this has been a revealing, this time has been a revealing, but I think uh, we need to be revealing also like and trying to give people hope during this time by our innovation yeah. and by our intention. Wow. Wow. Oh man, that, that's, I feel like that's a fantastic place to, to quit it. Cause you just, no, that was, that, that's awesome. This is a time, I mean, as, as dire and as nasty and as sad as so much of what's going on in the world is, um, there's always, a, there's always a, there's always a silver lining of, of hope. Um, yeah there's something better coming there is something better in the works um mm-hmm. and it's really it's good news for everyone that's yeah. what that's what we're told good news for everybody thanks so much for hanging out um oh, thank you uh yeah i want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of the young project um as you heard ben often mentioned um some of the stuff that he's involved with atoma a great study that where they dive deep into scripture and he also runs a podcast called the oracle So you should check both of those things out. You can find them on iTunes or Spotify or any of the avenues where you get your podcasts. I want to thank each one of you for hanging out with us for the last few moments and uh, getting to talk about community. I hope that uh, each one of you are staying healthy, staying safe, and uh, I hope to see you at the end of this pandemic. God bless everybody.